Hello everyone, this is Trevor. I'm joined here with Caden, and today we have another special episode with, uh, with obviously, Caden talking about AC Milan. Uh, if you're a Serie A fan, if you're just a football Serie. fan... Serie A. excuse me. Uh, Serie A fan, or a football fan, or international football fan, in a sense. This is, from my understanding, one of the most historic clubs of all time. So, Caden, I'm going to let you... I'd say it's probably up there. If it's not top four, it's top five biggest club in the world. I, I was about to say, I'm going to let you take helm here. I know there's a lot to go into. I know our American mm-hmm. chap over there, Pulisic, is uh, you know, making a name for himself, if you will. He is, and I do have uh, actually some slander on him right now. Oh. Uh, but I do have some praises on him as well. Uh, I can't cover everything from the last episode to now. Because there's just been that would be like Impossible. another three hour episode. Yeah, you know, like y'all y'all released the other day, and uh, I'm not with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Maybe uh, one day, but not right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not right now. Uh, I'm gonna talk about this most recent Champions League match, and maybe a little bit of the Lazio game, and some of um, just, just some just some stuff surrounding the club. So I'm gonna get straight into it, and so, there was some before. Before this all happened, just coming out now that um, Mario Icardi was actually looking at joining possibly AC Milan as one of the clubs that he could join after he left Batasaray. And that could have been a very useful cam, in my opinion. You could have used him as that Regista spot, but it was uh, not meant to be. And honestly, right now, I don't really see it as being a good move. Uh, now I'm kind of thinking about it. We have some guys who are emerging. Uh, Yasin Adli, I'll talk a little, about, a little bit about him. When the season started, Stefano Pioli came up to him. And last season, he only played 149 minutes. And that was all, like, all competitions. So that was mostly friendlies. He didn't play a single Serie A game all last season. We got him uh, right before we won the Scudetto, the Scudetto season. It was like 20, it was like, uh, 2020 to 2021 or it was 2021 to 2022 that preseason we got him he absolutely balled he was man, he was like the man of the preseason looked like an absolute stud wonder kid from France still a wonder kid but Pioli doesn't know shit about development uh, and you gotta absolutely fucking ball to even get on his radar and he only likes guys that grind and stuff like that and Pioli is an amazing passer and he has that grit now. Like we have, the, he has that grit emerging now that we weren't seeing from him all last year. And the only time we've seen this really from him at this level was in those preseason games. Now he's doing it on the highest level. You know what I mean? So the, what he can do in these different games, like against Lazio was his first start. That's a big game to start in. Rade Krunic went down, and he had to start right before the start. And Lazio last season, they played second. This is not a rollover team. Yeah. We beat them 2-0. He won man of the match. He fucking balled. He balled. But Pioli does not like development. So coming into this Champions League game, he started shitball. I'm not even going to say shitball. I'm not going to hate on that much because he also started in the in the Newcastle game as well, which which also pissed me off. And Tommaso Pabega is his name. He is a bench player. Like, he is a depth player. He can sub in, because Riley Kroonish is hurt. But once Riley Kroonish is in, I want to see I want to see Yassine Adley starting every game with him getting subbed off for Kroonish. That just makes more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tommaso Pepega comes in there. He makes mistakes. He's jittery on the ball. 
he is not collective. He has the pace. He has the, uh, the, the, the movement with the ball at his feet. And you can see he has some of the vision, the on-field vision. But his passing is not there. His mindset really isn't there. And I don't know what Pioli sees in him so much to start him in a Champions League game over Yasin Adli. So Tommaso Pivega comes off. And we immediately get a massive boost in our midfield from Yasin Adli. Comes in, moves the ball around. He pairs well with Tio, who I'll get into later. Um, pairs well with Fakayo Tomori. He gets the ball from the back line up to Reinders or Leao so well. That's just his... His signature, in my in my in my words, play style. He goes in there. And he really knows what he's doing with the ball at his feet as well. He sees the entire pitch, and that's how he's able to get off those amazing passes. And it makes sense because he's French. You know what I mean? These Frenchmen, they know how to get. They know how to put those balls. Pause. <coughs> Resume. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they know how to play. They have good ball placement. They have good ball placement. And you saw him come in, and you saw some of our midfield and the mistakes that we were making with Tommaso Pavega come in. What were you thinking? Oh, in the Dorman game? Yeah. Um, it was it was a boring game, man. Uh, Dorman's had Except chances. Except when Adley got subbed in, and then it started picking up. Yeah, no, like there was, don't get me wrong, I've, you know, that's one of the more elite games I've watched this year. Um, was that AC Milan and Dortmund game probably not saying much compared to other soccer or major football fans out there, you know, Premier League and all that. But like this was a very, you know, high high intensity game. Well put together match. I'll put it that I way. will say this in Milan, that that we kid that kid uh Yeah, that kid he he's something. He mm-hmm. I watched him just make play after play after play when everyone else was selling around him and they And then he makes offensive runs as well. I didn't see much of that. No, he didn't do much of it that game. He didn't. But I did see really good slide tackling and his ability to like intercept and kind of mm. read a play. But He's six foot five. Yeah, he has great coverage ability, especially in that box. Like when things were kind of like really intense and high press down there, like mm. they were, they were kind of going after a goal. Like their defense mm. stood stout and really did. You know, they tied right. Yeah, it was tied. They yeah, tied. they. they Which pre- it shouldn't have been. It no. shouldn't have been a draw at all. We had two goal opportunities. Right in front of our faces. It should not have been a. It should not have been a draw. Giroud sold. Giroud was dog shit. I'll say that right now. There's another thing I want to get into. Giroud, like he had, he had a great start to the season. Four goals, three assists. I think already on the season, which is crazy. The goodest, a good season. Even though the season ended right now, I said he had a great, a great season. Yeah, but guys will have those bad games. But Dortmund, I'll say this: they were playing very high no, quality. No, this ball. has been happening. Like he's uh, he's 37 years old. Okay. This has been. He's it's his time is coming. You know what well, I mean? I mean like, like, last season probably would have been his, his last season at the highest level. Right now, I was started the season. I was saying this is his last season at the highest level. But it's seeing now that he's having that slump. And we have a guy right now, Noah Okafor, who we just spent $15 million for in, in, this, in the most recent transfer window, coming on also in that game, immediately making a difference in our attack, our pace as well. You know, Leal, one of the fastest wingers in the entire world, patched with a new guy we just got for $28 million, Samuel Chakowesi. Yeah, his pace is amazing. Get, I'll get into more of him, but uh, Pulisic, everyone knows his acceleration is otherworldly. He just has that shit. And Noah Okafor goes in there with his blazing speed. Reminds me of a young Rafael Leao when we first got him. Has the same movement, same number, 
number 17. And that's another thing I want to speak on. Rafael changes number to number 10. Pretty raw. But, um... I like you know number what? 10 in soccer. It's a yeah, good number. But it means something. Every number usually means something. Like, number 10 means that you're usually the best uh, just playmaker on your team. And Rafael was our, was the MVP of, of Serie A. Oh, no, no. He was the uh, MVP of our team last year. Okay. Which, honestly, you saw it. I mean, you saw his playmaking ability, his mm. speed, his size. He's a very good athlete, obviously. And we've turned him into what was... Actually, me and Thane were talking about this after work the other day. And we're talking about the uh, the Newcastle game and how no one like we, we was again talking about some of the players and Rafael came up as he always does. No one moves in the entire world. Never seen a guy move like that on a football. He's almost standing on top of the ball the entire time, just fucking doing all this crazy I mean, shit. It's with his just feet. his ability to obviously maintain a massive amount of pace and like his quick feet are worldly. But what really gets me is his stride. Yeah. Like, he's able he runs to like just... a horse, bro. But I'm going to say this. Like, I will say this. Dortmund, and I know Brand, shout out to Brandon, the Dortmund guy, they locked a lot of things down. Nah, but, but we, we had two wide open chances. Like, it was just our players no, selling. We should have won that too. I remember now. those chances, though. But, like, remainder of the game I was watching, there was runs that Leal was even getting kind of tripped up with physical play by their defenders. But yeah, I feel like we were fucked by the refs, though, sometimes. No, don't Leal get me wrong. Leal got fouled way more than it was even Don't called. get me wrong. There were some questionable calls by the ref, but that's going to be with any match. But, honestly, like, I just felt like Dortmund came to play. And there was those two chances that AC Milan should have capitalized on, but like the the rest of the match is what I'm referring to. Mm. Like Dorman was bodying yeah. up, get yeah. your guys, bro. This, like, is, this is a this is a team that we should have gone there and beat. You know what I mean? We're better than them. We're 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 way better than them. I mean, obviously on the world stage, yeah. But dude, like they actually showed like at least yeah. a stout defense. Well, like, I want to see how they do in the San Siro because they ain't fucking winning. No, like, I'm not, dude, I'm not going to Dortmund dick ride here, but I'm just saying from what I saw was that they actually provided a challenge. Mm. Obviously, AC Milan blundered on two, I mean, dude, Mm. the the goals that we saw, they were wide open. Wide open. And don't get me wrong, those were blunders on Dortmund and defensively, but the ball didn't bounce Milan's way that game. But um, obviously, T.R. is a guy that uh, stuck out most to me with his defensive awareness and capability, but... Another guy that stuck out to me and was... he's from Germany as well. He's playing in a, te- in a town, Dortmund, that's like 30 minutes away from his hometown, Dusseldorf. Damn. So he yeah. played a really good game for his, like, probably a bunch of people he knew showed up, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um... But he played more for Schalke. Like the who's the other guy that, that stood out to me in a negative way? Number 23. No, Tomori was man of the match. He bought... 21, then. Who's 21? 21 is Chuck Owesi. Yeah, he... That guy, that Chuck Owesi. He... Yeah. I remember him, like, especially on your he half sold of the, the pitch. He sold the game. He, the, the, the game-winning goal. Right in front of him. That right one, in front of like, his fucking face. I was ta- referring to, like, Dortmund had way too many chances themselves, at least, like, getting the ball on your side of the pitch, getting mm. it close to goal. But, no, like, we wouldn't. No, even the, when they got close to goal, all the shots on goal that they had were outside of the box. Yeah, they were taking long shots. We but because we, they, we, we wouldn't let them. We wouldn't yeah. let them take shots in the inside. But I feel like there was a couple... Up by two fucking uh, six-foot-tall black men. Obviously, a couple uh, missed assignments by Chuck Wesse, like, yeah. <laughs> with the missed goal. But referring to, like, defensively, he kind of got, like, uh, I don't know, thrown around a little bit, I feel like, tiny. in some plays. Tiny. And yeah. I think that's also towards coaching. Yeah, I don't like facts. Pioli. He, he shouldn't be playing him in that role. 
he knows he's not that physically gifted in that side of the play. You know what mm. I mean? It's, it's completely evident. Yeah. You see it every game. But I don't want to keep on throwing shade on him. I want to move the blame towards someone that I feel like everyone, every American, cock rides. And I cock ride him too because I love him. You know, I, I really do. But Christian Pulisic, I'm not going to, like, slide out on him. You know, in, in these last two Champions League games, in the uh, the first one he had 0 for 2 successful take-ons and 0 for 3 dues won. In the Dortmund game, he had 0 for 2 sex, uh, successful take-ons and 0 for 5 dues won. He's had... Like 30 shots on goal. Like 30 shots. No goals. In Champions Seven. League? Yeah, in, cha- in these last few games. Seven big chances missed. He's got to zone in and get back to his you know, his main formula, but that's not good. That's not good to no, hear. Not. Um, yeah, it, maybe the competition's a little too much, but maybe the but speed is too much as well. He doesn't have... No, no, no. He, no it's, it's not the speed. He's, he's used to playing in, in... He won Champions League. But the accuracy is like... You know, what, what's going on there? Nah, it's just, he, he he's a very, um, I would say, confidence-driven player. He's playing in Dortmund, the team that he started for. Ah. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, missing that yellow wall, you're growing up with that yellow wall your whole fucking life. Crazy-ass fans, you know, wearing your name on your back till they fucking die. I will say this, Dorman's fan base showed the fuck out, and that did. was the cra- one, of, the was one of the craziest, base. like, vibes I've seen. Just wait until you On see. TV, at least. Just wait until you see Champions League in San Siro, brother. I'm gonna have to it bust and see that, bro. But, right. no. but he also needs the support. Like you see, Leao has the amazing support of Theo Hernandez, the best, one of the best left backs in the entire planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is pacey as fuck as well. So our left side, I think, is one of the best left sides in the world, in my opinion. But it's also we were definitely you were definitely bashing your center field a little bit. No, but um, I'm, I would move the, the blame into more of, I'll just probably get into this, the right back, Davide Calabria and Alessandro Fulenzi. Uh, when Davide Calabria was on, he was missing defensive assignments like he does all the fucking time. All the time. All the time. He's our captain. only reason he's our captain is because he's Italian and he's homegrown. He's been there forever. And he just misses these assignments time and time and after again. We have no one to replace him with. We, we're going to put in Alessandro Fulenzi. We tried that last game. He got less. He was worse than him. One of his worst nights in a Milan kit. It was... So defensively, they got some issues. Yeah, right T.R.? Yeah, T.R. was balling. With T.R. there. I trust it. Mm. But uh, Timor, I always trust in Timor. I, wouldn't, I don't really always trust in T.R. Because of his his, uh, his experience at the, at the highest level. He's only 20 years old. We I saw said it. this while I was watching the game, kid. Mm. That's their Forrest Lasso. Yeah, no, he's not Forrest, as, he's no, not Forrest, as good as no, no, Forrest Lasso. No, no, Forrest Lasso is Tomori. Um, yeah, no, no, it is. It okay. is. Uh, Tio was the, one of the main reasons we lost 5-1 to one against Inter. Mm. So you see in those big games, like this was a big game, and he so showed he out. So Freddie Kleeman? No, 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 he's his own man. He, he's his, no one play. I've never seen a center back really play like him. Uh, he reminds me of like Van de Ven, and I'm not saying uh, the play level, but Ramos the way he makes those offensive runs. And, you know, it doesn't always work out for T.R. In, in, um, in the offensive side, but he tries it, and you see he's refining it. But if he could just have the guidance to say, it's okay to do that sometimes, but don't take on a fucking defender. Don't do that. You know, you're, you're a big-ass six-foot-five center back. 
You know what I mean? Every single time he tries that, he just gets stuffed. So I feel like he needs to get his passing up, his vision up. He doesn't see the field amazingly in that offensive side, but he doesn't need to. He's a center back. But um, I don't know. I don't really have... Actually, I do have um, Tiani Rangers. Absolutely a menace. Okay. A menace. He's a beast. Talking about glue. He is the glue of our midfield. He he misses out on the um, on the offense, like the the finishing side. Uh, you, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, one time in that Champions League game against Dortmund, we had the sniper, a hard hard strike on the ball, but he absolutely missed completely. And in the Lazio game, I believe it was Lazio game, or it was um, or it was the um, uh, but I believe it was the uh, Newcastle game where he tried to back heel it into the net, right in front of him. The back heel was the only thing he could have done because he was in front of the ball. Yeah. And he was already running out of bounds, and the the, the post was right next to him, so he had to do it, but he missed. He missed like move back. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and what he does with his passes. And his, uh, his defensive take-ons is brilliant. Is brilliant. His movements are brilliant. He he cuts through a defense like butter, and he lays it off for the guys who he knows have more offensive prowess, like Giroud or Leal, sometimes Pulisic if he's on that side of the ball. And I don't know, I see so much upside with this young guy, and we didn't buy him for much. And he's balling. You know what I mean? He was one of those guys coming into the transfer window. I believe you can you can uh, listen back to some of our first AC Milan episodes right before we got him. Talking about him and Chuck Wesley were my two main targets of the transfer window. We got both of them. We got both of them. Dejani Rainer's definitely playing a lot better than Chuck Wesley. But Chuck Wesley, give him his time. Give him his time. Right now, the stats aren't it. He's only had two starts. And he didn't do... Uh, the most with them. I would say in one of those games, he, he had a good showing and very promising. His offensive runs and his way to support Leal and um, uh, Olivier Giroud and sometimes Moussa, their, their playoff game is amazing. I, I, I do like it when they can, you know, they, they feed off of each other. Moose is a very codependent player and you see it a lot, very evident when he, when he matches up with Christian Pulisic. Especially that chemistry they have from U.S. men team, and um, you know, Moose is also not the type of guy who's going to go out there and get a bunch of stats too. And he's had a great showing in yeah. these past couple games, a great debut showing, a great, yeah, a great de- debut season. Yeah, and he he's in one of those bright spots of the defense, but I feel like we're using him in a role that he's not fit in, so we're not seeing him at his best talents. So do you think they'll make some adjustments going forward, or do no. you think no? I don't think we will because of the coach. Hmm. You think that's what's holding this club back right now? You know, purely drops some master classes sometimes. I'm not gonna lie; like sometimes I'm extremely impressed with what he has to offer. But when it comes to those big games, meaningful games to the club, like me, should have meaningful games to the club, like Inter. He can't beat Inter to save his fucking balls, bro. Yeah. Like he, he can't do it. They have it. his number. He, he can't do it. And it's it's like the, the past year, I believe it was the past year, or maybe a year and a half, we've played five games against Inter. We've lost every single one. Wow. Every single one. They're your kryptonite right now. Milan is blue, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Wow. 
You can't That's believe you're saying that. Because normally, I mean, Milan is the OG. You know, you gotta. You see, Mom, we, they came from us. Yeah. They they they, were, they branched off from us because they were mad. Oh. But uh, anything else you wanted to touch up on in this AC Milan episode, Caden? Not much. Not much. Uh, I would say uh, Forza Milan. Uh, hopefully we can do a lot better in the next next chapter of this book of the Champions League. We, pay, we play in the San Siro next against PSG. Hopefully, hopefully we can roll these, these dudes over. Yeah. Hopefully. They just lost 4-1 to Newcastle. If they keep up that pace, which I, I hope Mbappe doesn't just say that I'm, I'm going to start playing football now and absolutely you know, just shred our bundles. Yeah. Because that would suck. I that would, would. That would suck. And uh, But I feel like our defense is sound enough to keep them at bay. Mike Mignogne didn't really talk about him a lot this episode because he didn't really have a, a handful of, of hard saves. You know what I mean? Like, our defense was sound enough to make it a comfortable day at the office for him. But when he, it is, the pressure's on Mignogne, he performs every single time. So I'm not worried about him. Ever. Yeah. Ever. You know what I mean? But um, other than that, Forza Milan, uh, hope we get better. I uh, hope Czech Wesley gets better. True. I love this club. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. We really appreciate everyone for tuning into this episode of Tea Time Reports. Caden, we appreciate your Milan coverage as always. We'll definitely get some more of these episodes pumped out to all of our AC Milan or Syriza. Uh, Serie A. Serie A. excuse oh me. Serie A fans out there. We're going to get bullied in the Yeah, no, I'm right. You're, you guys can bully me. I'm the uneducated one when it comes to international soccer. I'm going to sit here and say one thing and one thing alone. Forza Rowdies, mm. uh, USL Championship League, uh, for, for the win. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you one thing. I think the Rowdies could actually uh, could actually go out there and compete. <laughs> uh, I think Forza Lasso uh, could go out there and actually get a header on Mignon. Uh, and, <laughs> and it would be legendary because Forrest Lasso is the best football player on the planet. Mm. Uh, if you don't know who that is, just give him a Google if you're out there across the uh, mm. pond. If you want to know what Trevor looks like, there you go. Uh, there you yeah, go. No, more like Brandon. Brandon looks no, like no, Forrest Lasso. No, it's like Brandon and you had a baby. That's just a weird way to put it. And I but think it's that's true. How we should end that episode. Uh, you know, Everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. This is Trevor and Caden. Follow us if you like Monday. And uh, you keep saying that at the end of these, but take care, everyone. Peace.